Hello, and welcome to Everything Remade, a podcast that I hope is about growth as much as it is about comics. I'm Edie Quinn, and I'd like you to hear something. You're hearing Liftoffs and Landings by Lincoln's Repeater, which is the theme song for a new webcomic called Crash Coral. I recently spoke with the comic creators, Randall Avales and Lainey Williams. The first comic that I ever remember reading, uh, I remember this perfectly. I was on Tumblr and I used to be really, really into this artist called Birgebug. I found her on DeviantArt and then moved to Tumblr because she had more art there. And she reblogged. <laughs> this is taking me back. She reblogged something about a comic called Ava's Demon. I'm sorry if there's a siren in the background. Um, but she reblogged something about Ava's Demon. Uh and I clicked on it and I read the whole thing in a night. And uh, I, I just remember thinking over and over, like, I didn't know comics could be like this because I was I was like 16 at the time. And so I had never really gotten into comics before then. But, yeah, that was the first comic I remember reading and and realizing what an imaginative medium it was. And especially web comics that you could do so much with the formatting when it was online. Yeah. So that's what got me into it. Yeah. And was that like a lore Olympus where it was this like you could just scroll through the entire thing or was that different? No. So actually Ava's Demon uh, is it's a really unique format because the art, the artist who creates it, um, uh, they they really like painting. And so the the style of the comic is is way more belabored than most of the stuff that you'll see out there. Um but because of that, it became really popular. And now, actually, I think that they have, like, two or three other, like, helpers for it. But the this is beside the point. It's set up like a book. So it's sort of slightly horizontal. The aspect ratio of the, the each image is honestly more like, like Homestuck size. It's not a scrolling thing at all. Because, okay. um, like, Webtoon wasn't really a thing yet. Topless wasn't really a thing yet. Like, it wasn't on a big hosting site, uh, but it was connected through Hiveworks. Um, and so through that, uh, on through Hiveworks ads on the site, I found a bunch of other web comics and I just started consuming them obsessively and eventually being like, well, if these people can do it and they just throw it out online um, and all of them are bad when they start and then get better, then I can be bad when I start and hopefully get better. <laughs> yeah, that's like the most punk rock like origin story for a cartoonist that I think I've heard. Yeah. Yeah. For real. <laughs> um, yeah, definitely. Um, so uh, Randall, like what, what was your experience? Like, w w were you, was this different for you? I imagine you had a, uh, a physical comic. I think the first comic thing I ever saw was probably Calvin and Hobbes. I think my mom had like, several books of of like the strip you know those oh, yeah. like collection uh-huh um but in terms of like comic books uh 
Well, I mean, like, I, I knew about superhero stuff before I even knew comics. Because that, like, by the time I was a kid, X-Men and Batman and Spider-Man and all these cartoons already. Yeah. And, um, you know, and I was like, I would have been like 10 or 12 when the Spider-Man and Raimi movies came out and X-Men was happening and all that stuff. So... Uh, like I knew about that stuff from other media. Um, and then when I did eventually read like a Spider-Man comic, I thought it was really boring. <laughs> cause I mean, uh, cause I also had the PS2 game and, um, why would I spend like a couple bucks to read a, a um, like a really short story when I could just be Spider-Man swinging in a video game. Sure. So it like they they were uh, around like I had a few that I remember. Like I remember, um, I had some of the Bendis Ultimate Spidey stuff. Um, I had there was a one shot called Sweet Charity that came out. It was a it was a charity thing for um, 9-11. I don't remember who wrote it, but it was uh, I think Derek Robertson drew it. Okay, it was I think it's the guy from. Um, like transmit, I think, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. And the boys, the boys maybe. Yeah. Um, that one I remember being kind of cool because it was like, I think the plot was like, um, someone like there's a charity, there's like a celebrity charity auction thing, and someone had paid for Spider-Man and Jonah to go camping on a trip together, and then they get attacked by the scorpion, and it was like that was pretty funny, pretty fun. <laughs> um. Uh, I think those some of those Spidey ones are like the earliest ones I remember having. Because um, I remember, uh, I think I remember this place called KB Toys used to have like, um, like a big. They would sell like big stacks of um, back issues that they didn't sell or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, um, I think for Christmas my parents got me that when I was like in fourth grade or whatever. Yeah, and there was like. Uh, you know, uh, uh, Spider-Man, I had issues of Uncanny X-Men, there was some, I had a Deadpool issue, uh, from the Joe Kelly run, I had Conan, the Barbarian, I had, like, just a bunch of random stuff. Yeah. It's wild, Um, like, how diverse, like, all of the points of origin can be now, like, you know, from Laney's, like first experience to yours and you mentioned how it's um quite common to have been exposed to these properties like via other mediums and um yeah it's uh, yeah you know i'm i'm just like a bit older and so that's not the case for me it's like the first comic i can remember is like um, the, the, one of the secret wars, amazing Spider-Man, there's a beyonder on the cover. Um, I still have it, but, um, you know, I can't, I can't, I can't really tell you like exactly what happens in there. I just, I have it. And I just remember that cover. I remember getting in. I remember being like, holy shit, this is like the coolest. Um, I, I remember lots of other comics from my, uh, childhood much better, but, um, it's kind of like what you were saying, how like it's almost like 
my kids, at some point, they were like, um, we were we were all watching like the X Men uh, cartoons, and we were watching the Spider Man cartoons, and um, they had not had a ton of interest in the comics before then. But then they're like, you have some of these comics. I'm like. I have a whole basement full of these comics. Yes, let's go. <laughs> let's go read them. You know, um, yeah. And and now they're they're very much like, yeah. Do you got any with Venom? You know, like yes. Let's go. Yeah. Um, but not, not, but not, but but not those ones though. Uh, no, nobody handles those ones. Uh, <laughs> yeah. No, 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 no. Yeah. Not the first Carnage. You can't. You can't open those up. Those are like they go for a lot now. Um, yeah, I think that's the case nowadays, right? Because I'm like, m- people who are around thirty, maybe like my my age. Like I've been thinking about this a lot lately. Like all those Spider, all those uh, like the early two thousand superhero stuff hit like when I was like ten or twelve. Mm-hmm. And then you get those, you get the cartoon shows, you get the video games, mm-hmm. and a lot of them have only gotten better in some ways. Mm-hmm. So like for a long time, I, comics was just kind of like a peripheral thing for me. Was it until like high school, maybe, and like even later that I started reading a lot more and like um, more variety of yeah. stuff, you know, outside superhero stuff and all that. Yeah, and it's like you said too. It's like there's so you can have one comic book, or and you can get part of a story because I, I mean that's the way it's been for like quite a while, really, um, in most cases. Um, or you can like um, play the whole game. You know, or watch the whole episode, or like in Lainey's case, like binge the entire, you know, web history <laughs> of of something, and um, yeah, yeah, it's like I, you know, when 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 I was a kid, it was, and you hear this a lot with like a li- old readers that are a little older, like you just you just got the one thing, and it it kind of didn't matter like what was in it. You just read it, and you were just like. Holy shit, Spider Man or whatever, you know, and yeah. um, and that was like that was that was what you knew and that was good enough. But it's really interesting how um, the the different uh, kinds of media and um, the different modes of uh, presentation have influenced all of these um, things, you know, because like like you said, like some of the games now they have like better plots and stuff than you know uh yeah than six issue story arcs you know or 12 issue story arcs you know so it's like it's um all of this is is um influencing you know the media in in one way or another um but yeah um laney so you were saying how like you looked at it and you're like you know what this is uh something i could totally do until i you know, and I can get better as I go. So you were already like heavily involved, like in illustration or, or just like heavily interested in it. I was definitely interested in it. And actually, um, like I said, this is sort of like late in high school. So before then I, I was pretty like judgy about comics. Honestly, I kind of looked down at them and I was like, I only read real books. I only read prose books. So I was, I, I really wanted to, like only be reading that. And I also really wanted to be a writer, but then the older I got, the more I was sort of intimidated and overwhelmed by publishing. But like for, for, for some reason for writing, uh, it just didn't feel like the right thing to do to try to self publish. Like I also felt like 
I don't know, people, people get kind of snooty about that too. So I was like, well, what should I do instead? And I was, I don't know. I didn't think of myself as taking art very seriously, but it was just the thing that I liked to do the most to like relax. Like I was definitely that kid who was like drawing a realistic eye on, on the desk, not on my page, on the desk during (laughs) physics class. Um, so it was just a good way to like keep my brain occupied and my hand moving. And so when I found web comics, I was like, Oh, these people have no credentials, but they just work hard until they make something good and then put it out there. And so I, it was kind of liberating to be like, oh, no institution has to tell me that I can or cannot do this. I will just make it. And then if people think it's good enough, hopefully they'll support it and I can make a life out of that, at least, you know, for a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was really encouraging to me. So that's also when I started going from doodling to drawing every day and taking things like anatomy more seriously. Yeah. And I've made a lot of bad web comics that have since been expunged from the internet, but it was worth it because, uh, everything that I make now is better because of those. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's the most like, um, that's the most like solid advice. I think just in, in anything is that you, you, you can't wait until you're, until you've got the chops, until you've got the skills, because like, I mean, I, um, you know, you don't learn just by filling up a sketchbook, you know, like you, yeah, you you learn by putting that kind of pressure on yourself to, um, to perform or to exhibit, you know, like, um, I'm thinking about this more from like a, a band perspective, but it's like, I honestly think like you could play your guitar or your drums or whatever in your house for years and you, you'll be good, but you take yourself and you put yourself with like three other musicians, you know, or whatever, and you just get good so much faster. I don't, if, if, if it's yeah. the, the creative process, you know, or just the, um, the, the pressure you put on yourself or, or what, you know, but yeah, you really just have to start doing it and, um, and, and letting yeah. yourself make mistakes and, and, uh, yeah. And it's so much more fun to like, at least with storytelling for me, it's like, I'm not, I'm not really doing it for me. Cause if I, I make something amazing that I'm proud of and then I never show anybody, it's like, I never did it. You know, yeah. the whole reason that I'm making something cool is to share it with people. And no matter how good it is, I'm always going to look back at it tomorrow and be like, eh, but that's all the more reason to try again and make something better. Yeah. I'm finding that um, second point you hit on to be very intimidating as I'm like 49 pages into a 180 page OGN. Like, I'm just like, I, I, I was browsing back from the first page um, two days ago to like, cause I want to be mindful of how often I'm using like certain types of shots and whatnot, you know? And I was like, Oh <laughs> no. <laughs> I was just like, Oh, and I'm, I keep telling myself that once I get to the finish line, I'm not going to go back for two months and just edit the <laughs> shit out of everything. But, you know, we'll see. Right. We'll see in summer when I'm about done, we'll see like what happens then, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah. 
Well, I I feel like I I totally feel that, but also um I I went through a phase when I was like a kid and writing a lot. I would I was always trying to start my my novel that I would get published at like 14 or whatever, you know, <laughs> like we all do. Yeah. Um but I remember I was like I had just learned what a thesaurus was. <laughs> <laughs> and so for I was like, I can't ever repeat the word said. Like, I can't ever repeat any words. And so if you read through my stuff, it sounded crazy because I would be like, exclaimed, discussed, shouted, whispered. And it, it, in places where it didn't even make sense for those words to be. Yeah. And so I, I now I've decided, like, it's good to have bread and butter words. It's good to have bread and butter shots. They're that way for a reason, and they kind of melt into the work, so you can focus on what's happening. So I don't, I don't think it's too bad to have things that you fall back on. Yeah, I had I, that same thing too with the words said, trying yeah. to like write. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it's it's funny because like yeah, Randall and I actually, you know, I I showed Randall a, a, a panel or a page at one point. I'm like, I may be doing this thing right here like too much, and Randall's like, no, nah, it's all good, and I thinking about that later and i'm like i play in a fucking screamo band like why am i getting so hung up on like what i'm doing like if something's repetitive or, or derivative or whatever like just keep going you know just keep going it'll be fine um, and you you yeah. played in several screamo bands so i, I play in all of there's them. a yeah. there's yes exactly there's value in uh reiteration and um repetition and stuff you know yeah best yeah. there's value in that best line ever my pal kathleen skubalek <laughs> i know it's all been done before i want to do it again i want to do it again yeah yeah best line yeah. um words i think about line. that album like once a week yeah i have to listen to it again like soon <laughs> yeah yeah for sure um what exactly was it that um made you decide that you wanted to pursue writing comics randall like you mentioned before that you i mean to me anyway that you were writing like prose and stuff and you weren't you just weren't feeling that connected especially with the you know the difficulties of sending out stuff and never hearing about it and things like that um are comics like is it when you see the 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 words with the art and it's like there's that gratification that like you just you don't get from just like having finished a piece of prose or something like that yeah that's one of the main things for me um like just the realization that i could script a scene send it to someone and have it come back like fully realized basically mm -hmm. with my words there I, it was like oh why haven't i been doing this like for years already yeah because um i'd always been writing like since high school and i i went to i went to college for um uh film production and i took screenwriting classes and i did a bunch of stuff and um trying to like work on like after i'd graduated i was trying to work on a couple different ideas and nothing ever really clicked and um i don't know i think i realized or i, I felt like i maybe worked better in like a shorter form because the thing i was always happening with happening with was like uh 
I would write something like a short story, and then I would think I like wrote a lot or I uh, covered a lot of ground or whatever. Then it it wouldn't. It'd be like way shorter than I thought, or like maybe not. Even, maybe not even length is the thing, but just like um, maybe like uh, I don't know how to say it. Like it just wasn't. Um, it wasn't enough. I don't know. I don't know what. You're but just I, I having trouble like feeling like the worlds you were creating were fully formed or a little bit of that, a little bit of uh Yeah, I don't I don't know what it is. I just didn't I wasn't feeling it. Yeah. Um I think part of it is that like uh like I studied screenwriting for a long time and I'm got pretty good at that and at, and uh like thinking visually about a story in terms of like um like picturing how it's going to be edited or whatever cuz I did I took film mm-hmm. I took like videography and editing and so when I think of a story that's kind of how in the the terms I think of it mm-hmm. in um and scripting a comic is is uh similar to that in a lot of ways yeah and then um and then having that having that translated by an artist into something like more than the script and everything it yeah that's when like i felt like things were starting to click a lot more for me and i was like really excited to create again yeah do you feel like you're do you feel like you retained a lot of your um the what you were studying like beyond just um intuition or whatever like or do you do you recall a lot of the like format ideas and 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 like you know some of the like quote unquote like rules you know to follow et cetera, et cetera. yeah yeah you do i don't know about rules exactly but um there are certain things I do like. Um, I keep in mind as I'm going, mm-hmm. just like little tidbits I've heard over the years. Yeah. Um, hang on. Um, one thing I think about a lot is uh, I was I'm, I was told once to uh, when you're writing a scene, you want to start at like the last possible minute and then end early. Oh, right. Yeah. To, to like cut out like, uh, you know, extraneous bits. Mm-hmm. So if like, if I'm having trouble sometimes, I'll think, can I just skip this and like get to the next, the, the other thing maybe, or, you know, uh, that's one thing. And then, um, oh, I forget where I heard it from, but there was a, there was like a, a, a like some guy's theory or idea of like um each scene in the movie had like a positive like at like I, how like how to think about it was that um a scene had a, like a positive and negative charges at the end like kind of thing where it's like okay in the beginning the character wants this and then by the end of the scene he has to get it or not get it so if he doesn't get it, then, you know, the next scene has to chain that. And it's like 
All right, then what does he do now, you know? Hmm. And sort of like the way um, the way he explained it was like in like positive and negative, you know. Yeah. Fits. Uh, so yeah. if if a scene ended with a negative, you started. Actually, I don't remember this. Part. What do you what do you said for this part? It's like you start the quest over, like. like so, yeah, the... something like that, or you um. You have to like chain link him in a way. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's like a little, bunch of little things like that that I I, I think about a lot. Yeah. In terms, of whenever I get stuck with something. It's weird because like you know earlier you were saying how you felt like in your prose you were um, not writing enough. Like that's not exactly the way you put it, but we were having a hard time like uh, sort of like capturing that um, that feeling or whatever. Um, and then in comics, you're like, you got to just cut this out. You got to jump in the middle and you got to leave early. And yeah, I mean, I've often heard, um, <coughs> excuse me, um, those similar things. And it's it's funny. Um, one thing that I run into a lot is um, because, you know, you mentioned how you, 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 you write everything like sort of with the, the shots in mind or whatever. Um, and... So that's one thing that happens to me a lot is I'm just like, well, I only, re- I only really needed like six things to happen and he, and now um, 14 things are happening or something. And it, and it's, uh, mm. it's weird and it messes with my beats a bit. And um, uh, I don't know, do you have things like that? And are you just, uh, are you just like, the kill your darlings like merciless leaving things on the cutting room floor or how do you prioritize what stays and what goes? Um, that's a good question. I'm trying to think of recent examples from the Carl scripts. Um, I just want to say that like, I didn't even know that you studied, um, filmmaking but i always get that vibe whenever i'm reading your scripts when you send them to me because it's a lot of like big wide shots like things that make sense to me as sort of larger shots and so i always kind of uh visualize it it panning from one side to the other in a way in in a way that feels really cinematic so that definitely like comes across to me when i'm drawing and i try to set it up that way yeah i think that's good because i um yeah, it, that, that's something I'm, I try to be conscious of. I guess is like trying to translate how the like the scene is to be read or whatever, you know, you know and like trying to make sure, um, like the space, you know, like uh, the space makes sense to the artist or to whoever's going to be reading it. Yeah, that's. that's I, I that think can, that's the big difference. Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. No, I think that that that's all I was going to say. It's- yeah, just that, like, I think that's the the one huge difference between filmmaking and comics is, like, every word takes up space on the page. Um, and I forget that all the time. I think everybody forgets that all the time, honestly. Um, and that because you just picture people talking and you don't really picture, like, the words hanging yeah. out of their mouths. Yeah. But then you have to think about that, like, how much space do I want this to take up? Yeah. I, um, I think I'm, I'm just... 
I'm 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 nearly fifty pages in, and I'm finding finally getting the hang of, like, do not draw the entire fucking page when you know there's going to be all this dialogue here, like, yeah, figure out where the balloons are going to go first, and mm-hmm. and don't waste your time drawing like this entire like palm tree, you know, like like little little leaf by leaf. Um, Okay. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's, um, you know, it's, it's, it's learning, it's a process. And so, you know, um, everything that I've done up to this point is just little, little square serials on Instagram. So it's just like one line of text and I can fill the whole rest of the square with my drawing. And now I'm having to learn something else, which is, I mean, it's exhilarating of course, but, um, but yeah, it's, it's different. Um, especially like I drew a lot when I was a kid and didn't really get back into it until a couple of years ago. Um, but, um, that brings me to like, what I was going to ask you, Lainey is, um, do, did you, did you have a lot of like formal training in, in art? Um, and, and if so, how have you applied that to your, you know, the practice of making comics. And, um, at some point, did you look up like specific, um, like resources for, for translating like art to, to comics or you just, you know, like you said, you saw how people did it and you just started doing it. Um, so I think it was a mix. So when I, when I went to college, I already knew that I wanted to be making comics, uh, web comics or otherwise, but I, uh, didn't, I didn't live near an art school. And also I, I tried to take a couple of art classes and I just hated them. <laughs> I would get so bored because it was all about like fine art stuff. And I'd be like, where's the story? Like, I want to move on to the next thing. I'm, I'm bored. Um, and so I, I just stuck with my original passion with English, but then every time there would be like an essay with any amount of leeway or whatever, that was like, um, do the history of this, or I remember I had a class that was, um, like an autobiography class and, uh, or a memoir class. And I remember I, I like talked to the teacher and I like forced her to let me do seven miles a second, which is David Foynerovich's uh, autobiography slash postmortem biography comic, which is a really beautiful thing and interesting as an autobiography. But just every chance I got, I would turn an English class into a comic class for myself. Um, <laughs> and uh, the other, and I'm, I'm really glad that I went that direction because the other thing that happened while I was studying English was that we ended up having to study a lot of theory. And just because I guess like having, having, a lot of upset academic roles at the time really appealed to my brain. And so I felt like there was, a, there were a lot of useful connections I could make there, um, into, into comics, into the, like it translated for me into the way I would, uh, approach drawing something or telling a story, um, in a way that I don't think I would have if I had studied just regular fine art. Um, so yeah, that that's what I did to learn. And then now I'm I still feel like I'm learning a lot. So now I'm kind of going back and anytime I see something a comic that I like by someone else, 
uh, I'll look at it and ask myself, okay, what do I like about it? What is like, it's making me feel this certain way, but what technically has the artist done to translate this emotion? And I try not to let myself uh, be overwhelmed by, oh, I have no idea how to do that. And I also uh, have bought a couple of the classics. Like I have the uh, Eisner book that's like how to do graphic storytelling, I think is the name of it. And then Mm -hmm. um, uh, the Scott McCloud book. Yeah, Scott McCloud. Understanding Uh, comics. Understanding comics. Yeah. 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 Because that, uh, again, it's like it's a really academic approach and that works for me. Um, to sort of break everything down. Yeah, that's a game changer. And also um, something that I've been reading that, that's been really inspirational and not necessarily in a, in a purely instructional way, but um, just in a, like, in a boom, like kind of weird mind-blowing way is Linda Berry's um, Making Comics book um, where she talks about a class that she teaches like young people and she talks about just like the things that she has them do. And it's really like you start reading it and then it's like, she's basically like, okay, you're in my class now and you're going to do these things every day. And, and then we're going to, you know, do this. And it's just, it's really cool how it's like, like stop worrying about if you're good, you know what I mean? And, um, I think a lot of the best instructionals are, are, are like that, you know, like Stephen King's on writing is pretty much like that as well. It's like, stop worrying about if you're good and just do it. Cause if you're worried that you're not good, then you're not doing it and you're not going to get good yeah. unless you do it. So, um, yeah, yeah, but, that's the same message. My, uh, uh, first of all, I love Linda Berry. I didn't know that she had a book. I'm, uh, I'm definitely going to have to check that out. Yeah. Yeah. She's good. Also, when I was like 12 or 11, I think, I read Bird by Bird by Anne Lamott, um, who I've never read any of her actual writing, but her writing about writing uh, was really helpful to me because it was it was basically it was the exact same message. It was like, stop freaking out about the end product. Just take it step by step and you'll learn as you go. And I think that's that's really the best approach to take. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, as far as influences go, like, uh, Randall, you know, you've talked about your, you, you know, your, um, like, um, your, your, um, university background and stuff, but, um, what, as far as comics go, like, who do you think, or who would you cite as your, like, biggest influences, um, you know, after you, uh, really started diving back into them uh hmm that's another hard one <clears throat> i mean as as cliched as it is like reading uh alan moore and neil gaiman stuff out of high school was probably the thing that kept me coming back to comics because mm-hmm. um, they're both good yeah, uh, even though Alan Moore has some uh like preoccupations that are like annoying and problematic and upsetting or whatever, you know. Yeah, I I just I honestly don't know that much about him other than he just is very hateful. You know, he feels like a very hateful person. He just never 
And I mean, you know, he's kind of he's been done wrong but, by DC. So whenever you hear him complaining about things about DC, then you're just like, I gotta let you have that one, you know? But yeah, um, but yeah, I've heard him in like some interviews, and he seems uh, pretty all right <laughs> at, yeah. on like you know, and on a spectrum of it or whatever. Uh huh. Um, I do think he is aware when he does take it too far. I've heard him like. And, and like later interviews, like in his career, talk about like, yeah, maybe I shouldn't have wrote that into the story. It was bad or whatever, you know. Yeah. I'm thinking in particular of like Killing Joke. Oh right. And, uh, right. And uh, some other like, some other things he's done. Yeah. But I think, um, yeah, like I. I, I recently read, not maybe not recently, but like a couple of years back, I, I read From Hell for the first time, and uh, that like really fucked me up in terms of like the scope you could have with comics. Mm-hmm. In terms of um, like uh, like Eddie Campbell's, it's Eddie Campbell, I think mm-hmm. Eddie Campbell's yeah. art, art in that, and like the. Um, the kind of rigorous research Moore does. Oh yeah, it was like ten years of research or something. It was something it's wild. In, it's intense. I have the box set with like the companion where he like footnotes things, and it's it's like down to the point where like he um like he like there's a chapter where they're they're doing a walk around like London or whatever, and he's he's t- saying how like he and uh, Neil Gaiman like kind of did that route to see if it all could be done within the six hours or whatever. It was happening in the chapter, just like crazy, crazy amount of research. Um, and then like the scope of the story, you know, you like using, uh, kind of like a historical, um, event to like kind of weave a larger, uh, point of view of like the modern world or whatever. However yeah. you want to interpret that. Yeah. Um, yeah, besides him and Gaiman, like, oh, I'm going to butcher the name. Otomo from uh, Akira, who did Akira. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like, I don't think I've ever seen anyone do, like, mass destruction like he does. <laughs> or, or, like, a lot of things, honestly. He's still, like, one of the greatest artists, I think. Yeah. Yeah, um, sure. that was one of my favorite things, uh, or like comics, I guess. Probably Kira and um, Swamp Thing. I really like a lot. Um, I mean, I, I like Hickman, Jonathan Hickman, a lot too. I like Claremont. Mm-hmm. A lot of the usual suspects, I guess. Yeah, yeah, the 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 people who play the long game and and uh, really plan th- the things out. Yeah. Yeah, and I think like the one reason why it's so hard for me to maybe narrow it down is that um I didn't like I, like I said I I recently started getting back into comics in a big way in the past few years, mm-hmm. so I've been reading I've read a lot like within a short amount of time, yeah. and it's all just kind of in my head like yeah. jumbled up right now. And there's so much that's like. I mean, it's just like anything else. It's there's so much. It's like there's a taste for everything. Like you, you can like something that's just like short and fun, you know, as well as you can like whatever else. But it might not leave the same impression, 
Lainey, as far as like um, your influences, like on your art, what um, w would you cite c comic artists or, or do you have other um, artists that you think are more influential on your work? I, I think when I look at what you've done on Crash Coral, it reminds me a lot of, and I mean, um, I can't cite where these artists specifically like have gotten like some of their stuff from, you know, but first things that come to mind are like, um, Faith Aaron Hicks and Robbie Rodriguez. Like, I don't know if you're familiar with them, but it's like, uh, maybe I'm thinking Robbie Rodriguez because Randall's been like, this is my spider girl comic, you know, in reference to Crash Coral, like, um, uh, so maybe I'm thinking that like I'm having a, a predisposition to already be thinking in that line of uh, thought. But um, like, uh, where do you think you're like, who are your strongest influences? Um, sorry, I'm Googling uh, Faith Heron. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I totally see how I, I totally see how you get this. Also, it's really funny. The first panel that I, I could find is people ice skating, which feels relevant. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I would definitely say it's sorry. I just cracked my knuckles without thinking. Um, I would definitely say that it's it's kind of a mix of uh, comics artists and non-comics artists. Mm -hmm. um, Definitely the artist that I mentioned, uh, Bridget Vaughn is her actual name, but she was like huge on DeviantArt and Tumblr when I was like 14 years old. And I just wanted to draw exactly like her. And if you look up Birchbug and then you look at my art, I really think you'll still be able to see the similarities because I would just look at everything she did and then be like, how is she doing it? I want to do it too. Um, <laughs> so that's kind of where I started out with stylistically. But these days I feel like, the things that inspire me the most are things where not only are the drawings really technically good, but everything has been thought about to serve the story. Like the, the layout is really thoughtful. Um, even, even the placement of panels and colors is really thoughtful. So um, the person that comes to mind for that is Ben Passmore. Um, I don't know if you guys know him uh -huh. but ben passmore and rosemary valero ocano are both people oh. who i think really understand the comics medium like as a whole not I just thinking it. about uh -huh. the drawings not just thinking about the words but thinking about how how to make a whole page and a story work together um so ben ben passmore has done a lot of stuff but i think the thing that's that he's most known for is your black friend um but he makes a ton of comics and sort of the way that he deals with mixing together visuals and lettering and layouts specifically, but just, I don't know, something about the, le the lettering always, you can tell that there is, it's sort of done in a way to make it seem casual, mm -hmm. but I always feel like there's more than meets the eye. Um, and then, yeah, Rosemary Valero O'Connell, I feel the, exact same way because everything she does feels so lush it really feels like an illustrator drew this but then you can only think so that so uh until you start paying attention to the panels and the way that she uses negative space just as much 
as they use uh, a lot of really full detail and how that balances out the story and creates a real flow. Um, and so those are those are the people that I aspire to be like. Um, that Tilly Walden, mm-hmm. uh, Leslie Hung. I, I, I feel like I could go on forever. And these <laughs> are the, the prose people. There, there's like a whole separate list for web comics. Like I remember um, Zach uh, from uh, Paranatural, which is another comic that's been going for pro- I think like 12 or 13 years now. But they... Um, they, they're one of the people who, if you go back and read the beginning of the comic, it's literally just scanned in muddy looking pages in pencil, but you can already see the seeds of the style. And then it just gets better and better as the, the story moves forward. Um, and that was, that was one of the things that made, made, made me feel like comics could be a more welcoming space to sort of grow in public without being judged for it. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I, uh, think my big one as far as that goes, um, was I was listening to a podcast and, um, Ryan North, who was writing squirrel girl and stuff for a long time was on there. And he was talking about like, he's the person from back in the, late nineties or whatever that started those, the dinosaur comics, like with just the, the, the two like pixel pixelated two or three like dinosaurs and just like had the word balloons above them. And, um, and he was like, I just, I just wanted to make comics so bad, but I can't draw. So I just got this shitty like clip art of these dinosaurs and I just started making this comic and it like took off or whatever. And I was just like, so inspired by that. Just like, you know, because that's the way I felt about everything. Like, is just like when you want to do something that badly and you don't have the means, you know, like I've seen, um, excuse me. There was a book I picked up at the library today. And um, I plan on getting it at some point, but I had a bunch of stuff already. And uh, it was just, it was collages, you know? It was just National Geographic or whatever. It was just collages, and it just, they had speech bubbles on them. And I was like, this is fucking sick. This is, like, I'm not, I'm not begrudging or saying anything about someone's, like, I'm not saying you don't have talent, like, if you do that. I'm saying you do. And not only that, but you have the drive to like just do it, you know. And um, so, yeah, it, it, it like you're like, yeah, these are just some shitty scans. Like, who cares? Like, people wanted it that bad, and I think, yeah, that's amazing. Um, uh, I, I, I will. Sorry, I just wanted to add one more thing about the influences. Yeah, yeah. Um, like the reason I even got back into the comics, like. Three four years ago was because I read uh, the Miss Marvel one by G. Willow Wilson mm-hmm. and uh, Hawkeye by Fraction and Aha. So just I guess those two are probably also up there in terms of comics influences. Yeah, both of those, both of those runs like are yeah. just they're they're huge, and um, yeah yeah. 
Yeah, the, especially like, like, it's just like the the Miss Marvel run is just like is so huge for people like you know who who weren't seeing themselves represented, you know, and then like the Aha um, Hawkeye run was just like, how did you two make this character this appealing? You know, like it's it seemed like. It, it it seemed impossible, you know, at the time. You're just like, you're like, yeah. I'm reading a Hawkeye comic. Like, what's that all about? Um, but yeah, it <clears throat> it speaks to the, uh, you know, just like From Hell and just like um, Sandman and <clears throat> uh, Lower Olympus and Dinosaur yeah. comics. It just it just speaks to the uh, the versatility. Yeah, of like the medium, like. Um... Miss Marvel is the reason I even like started going to a comic shop again, because I, I went through all the hardcovers and then I found out that they rebooted it and I was like, well, I gotta find out what happens next. Yeah, right? like I got it, so I yeah. started buying uh, floppies again. Like, yeah, I, I love Miss Marvel. Into, yeah, yeah. No, because I mean, every every issue, like no matter who's on Miss Marvel, I feel like you can just. Like the excitement just like flows out of the page. Like everyone is so stoked to be working on Miss Marvel. Yeah, I feel like yeah. truly she's just because she's so fresh and and like the addition of you know her as like a Muslim kid in in a different area like being in Jersey. It's not a superficial thing. Like they really put in the effort. That makes yeah. I think everybody so excited to work on it because that provides all these new directions that you can take her story and her character. Um, yeah. So it's and just, it's, it's a cool feeling. Like that's why I didn't get into a lot of Cape stuff in general is because I was like, Oh my God, that's so overwhelming that there's like 80 years of history to this or whatever. I yeah. can't even, I can't even begin to know where to start, but Miss Marvel is, I don't know. <laughs> she, she's, she's new to this. And so, so am I. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I, Alfana's art too is so like joyful and fun. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like I, I didn't, I didn't, I, I didn't realize this until I read that. But like, you know, all like the um, what are considered classics, I guess, and like superhero comics. A lot of it's like the gritty, dark stuff that gets like satired, right? It's like a lot of Frick Miller and Alan Moore, and um, it's like you know when everyone wants to um, recommend like new stuff for it's like um batman year one or whatever like you kind of like I, I don't know like and that was like what, what my most of my comic diet was i think in high school so like getting to read something that was like bright and colorful and fun and like sincere because kind of like mind-blowing at the time yeah 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 it's like i mean batman year one is a good comic but like yeah people in people People in that in that whole era, like all through the '90s, aughts, they were like doing so many deconstructions that it became the genre. And when it does that, it's no longer a deconstruction, and it's. I, I think it's time to go back to having some fun with it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean, it's. I don't know. It's just like your friend that never reads comics. Like, do you really? And I mean, that's the thing that every everybody does it's like your friend that never reads comics and you're like you know read read 
like um, Watchmen, and you're like, you got to be ready for that shit. Like you don't, go, you know, you don't go from yeah. like from seeing um, the Avengers movie, you know, to to uh, reading Watchmen. Like you, you think like you you need to show somebody something that's like not as uh you know it, it's like yeah it's somebody's I like it i works. like metallica and you show them like you know uh, black metal it just doesn't it's i don't know it doesn't translate it's just like <laughs> yeah i feel like you, you can <laughs> enjoy it. it you can enjoy watchman as like just on its story oh, alone yeah, it's fine yeah. you know yeah but um it it does like it, it does take context, I think, to appreciate some of its like more nuanced stuff. Yeah, and like a, a historical context too, right? Because like, um, people that people weren't doing it, uh, weren't doing like gritty, realistic takes on superhero stuff, uh, before then, I guess. Yeah. So a lot yeah. of it's like, um, you know, a historical context. Yeah, and I that actually reminds me. I did you guys watch the Watchmen HBO show? No, I heard it was really yeah. good though. Okay, I, I, I just not no spoilers or anything. But the I, the reason that I think it worked uh, in a way that like regular Watchmen doesn't work for most people now is because it is doing that, but it's it's talking. It's still like within the Watchmen world, but it's talking back specifically to like the superhero movie genre and the superhero show genre. And that's clear when you're watching it, like that it wants to, I don't know, be like, Oh, these people have real lives and also the place where they live has other messed up history outside of whatever's going on with superheroes. Um, and you know, I, that, that feels fresh in a way that regular Watchmen now doesn't because since then, you know, the Dark Knight and The Dark Knight Rises got made, and that became the superhero genre. The, this whole idea of like everybody is dark and angsty. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, every every so take on I think, Batman. I think that's what made it such a successful thing. Like I've like every take on Batman is like the grittiest take on Batman. Can like just concurrently throughout history, like eventually, who knows what will happen? Yeah. I've been telling everyone I know. That if I ever get to work on Batman, I'm going to make him and calm Batman, and he's just gonna like give his phone to Alfred and be like, "Pay off people's GoFundMe's all day." <laughs> I'm going to songs because that's the only interesting Batman to me. Is like he he the start of the story, he like goes to City Hall and he's like, "Damn, every time I try to fight a supervillain, I end up at City Hall. What's up with that? Is maybe the government bad?" <laughs> yeah, I just. I, I think that, that's like the only interesting Batman to me personally. Yeah, Randall and I have definitely had that discussion, like where it's just like, you know, there's there's plenty of superheroes now that are just you're just like, it just don't it just hardly feels right to root for this kind of behavior, you know, in this day and age. Yeah, oh yeah, that's what I like about Carl and like. The, the fact that, like, she's got this punk influence on her because then she's like, damn, do I really want to be super cop? Yeah. I, uh. Yeah. <laughs> and all her friends are like, no. Yeah. For sure. Um, so, like, getting into that, of course, like, um, I've read the first uh, couple of chapters and I really enjoyed it. I think that the art is is incredible and, and, and it um, – I really – Thank 
I really like the um, like the the way that the different shades um, play in the foreground and the background, and you know, make all that work. Um, and um, also, I think that the like the dialogue is like feels very real to me in a way that a lot of um, comics about um, teenagers like doesn't, you know? And I think that's like, yeah, that's, um, I think that's like, you know, I haven't read enough of it to, to, to be anything but excited about it. But I think that's the thing that's like really when you're just reading it and nothing goes, nah, that's bullshit. You know, like that's, that's huge, you know? Um, yeah. I, I don't know if that sounds like much of a compliment, but I, but I, I mean it to be. I, I, I feel like it is cause, uh, that can be really difficult. I think. Yeah. To like realistically write, um, kids or a teenager or whoever. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, um, you know, I, the, the, one of the biggest critiques is is always like, especially when you read um, older comics, you know, and it's Jubilee, and she's like, you know, Egats or you know something, and you're like, what the fuck is, you know, how old was this person? Like, that's like, why do they think that a 16 year old mall kid talked like this, you know, or whatever? Um, but yeah, uh, it's it's a uh, it's really fun and. Um, yeah, like, how did you two exactly come to be working on this together? Um, I emailed her, like, uh, a pitch thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, after, she uh, emailed me, and I, I, I was like, this is, uh, who, like, <laughs> this sounds really great. Uh, is this, like, a job or what? Uh, and you were like, oh, yeah, totally. Uh Cause at first I was, I was worried. I was like, this sounds so like, like you've really put a lot of thought into it, but I was really worried. You're going to like, be like, yeah, can you just do this? Uh, for me? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But no, you, uh, I was so glad it turned out. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, I found her, um, her Twitter on like, uh, every once in a while, like some comics pro will be like, Hey, drop, drop your portfolio in the thing for whatever. Mm -hmm. And so I, I, it was around like the time I was probably talking to you about, about getting it made, maybe like, crap, I don't remember now, like September maybe, mm -hmm. or, uh, and I, I just I found one of those uh, Twitter threads and I bookmarked it and I was just kind of going through it, and um, yeah, I just decided to email uh, Lainey with like this pitch idea, and then like I think I. I hope I did anyway. Mention that I would pay because that was important at the like. No, you did. I think I just missed it. But I also I didn't know that's how you stuff. I just Twitter. So uh, that's that's cool because I always reply to those things and then never uh, no, the the industry pro is never like, hey, cool. Uh, I'm gonna yeah. follow up on this. So it always feels kind of bad. So that's that's really gratifying to know that it does do something. Yeah. Yeah, and somebody even, else is looking at it and going, "Oh, oh, cool." Yeah, I, and then even if I don't, or like uh, when I was actively looking, even if I didn't like like the style that much, or if uh, 
if I, you know, for whatever reason didn't email, I I follow them anyways because they, they, usually they're pretty cool. Look, like in terms of their art and stuff, and you know, yeah, yeah. It's I think that's one of the things for me that's been like most challenging is like connecting with other, um, with other like cartoonists or like comics people because it there's just so. There's so much like, um, and there's so people are so can be so particular about what they want to follow and what they're interested in, in yeah. like, you know, hearing about or or whatever. In terms of trying to get a collaboration going, then like a band, we've talked about this. Too, yeah, I think, Edie. yeah, uh, for sure. It's um like, <laughs> like you can just say, "Hey, let's jam sometime," and then you know go from there yeah but you i i learned i did learn that you kind of have to be like it's like it's like trying to approach a stray dog you gotta be like okay look you don't know me <laughs> but i think you're cool so it's so funny because it's I have, true <laughs> i have some money i can uh you know we can work oh, yeah, together on the thing <laughs> yeah don't don't run away and then they take off or whatever yeah, yeah. <laughs> Cause it, you know, cause it, there's that labor like, um, balance, you know, cause the artist does have to do a lot more yeah, work it's, and then, it, yeah, they have to be, uh, compensated. It's and, yeah. uh, absolutely bonkers. It, like how just, you know, like you can, like as a writer, you can hear about a writer knocking out like five books a month, but it's like, I'm like, when I go, I w I'll wake up and I'll take my kids to school and I will work and then I'll pick them up from school and then I get home and I literally am doing a page for the rest of the night and and then I finish. And it's like, yep. that's going to be like my entire summer to finish my thing. Yeah. And, um, yeah. So like it's... um. I have a couple things where I, I'm working with some friends where I'm like, would you be into doing just like eight pages? And like, you know, if we, if it, this is a real punk rock thing, it's not, it's, you know, like there's not going to be any money, but if there is, then obviously you'll, you'll get it, you know? Um, uh, cause well, I mean, you know, this is like a, just a, an anthology that I'm trying to like publish or whatever. And, um, it's like, yeah, it, it, it feels shitty. <laughs> Cause I know what that means to like work on a page, but I'm always like, I'll do one for you. You know, like I'll, I'll, I'll do it. Like we can do this, you know, like I'll be on the other end of this for you sometime if that's what you need, you know? Um, yeah. And it's, I mean, it's yeah. different when it's short and when it's with friends. And the thing, the thing is like, if it didn't take as long, oh, it really does. I would, I would, I, I would totally just be doing shit for free all the time because I do enjoy it. It's just, I, <laughs> it just takes so yeah. long. I, when I first started dating my girlfriend, I was like, Hey, listen, I really like you and stuff, but I need you to know that like, you you're not dating a normal person <laughs> and so like so much of my time is going to be committed to this and i i hope that's okay with you and she was like yeah whatever like i like your art and some, some you know when she can she'll just like chill in the room and like 
not say anything. So I'm I'm glad that I'm <laughs> someone who gets it. Cause it's true, like, and especially, I don't know. It's it's also the kind of thing where you enjoy it enough that you could work on it forever. And I don't I don't know about you you guys, but I definitely have to like set myself a schedule and kind of force myself to stop at some point in the day. Um, because otherwise I'll burn myself out just by being like, yeah, I could stop or I could keep going because the pen is still there and I am still enjoying doing this, even though it's work. Um, and so I could just keep, keep rolling. I don't know. It's a really weird mindset. It's a a strangely specific position to be in. Oh yeah. I mean, I, I totally Mm -hmm. like, I'll be like, okay. Like most weeks I don't work for Wednesday or Thursday. And, um, and I, and I'll be like, okay, on Wednesday, I'm gonna just like read comics and and do a page. And then on Thursday, I'm like, I'm gonna just chill and do a page. And on Thursdays, I'll be like, fuck it, <laughs> three pages, let's go, you know. <laughs> like, yeah. and, and then like Friday, I'm like, I, I feel like a like a, a deep fried shrimp. Like my my body is like. <laughs> Like, I feel like I was just hunched over all day, like, you know, on a tablet because that's exactly what happened. It's like, you know, uh, yeah, yeah. you just, you can't move from that yeah, shape. Yeah, you're just like, yeah. why did I do this? I, I really got to start stretching. Um, but yeah. <laughs> the, the eternal refrain. Exactly. I know I've been, I've been biking, which is great for getting in motion, but the problem is it's like the exact same position. It's hunched over and sitting oh, yeah, with even, my knees bent. I didn't even make that. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, yes, I'm using my muscles and stuff and it's like probably improving my health, but I'm still not being in a different, in a different pose at all. Yeah. You got to get one of those bikes that you like lay down on, you know, where it's the, oh, the recovery yeah, bike. Yeah. Well, I, drawing this comic honestly has want, made me want to go and buy a like a shitty skateboard, even though I know nothing about skateboards, and I'm really afraid of getting made fun of by teenagers. Yeah, um, because yeah, then because, I'll have to stand up and go move around. Yeah, <laughs> my um the 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 thing I'm working on has a lot of skateboarding in it as well, because it's like it's a semi autobiographic, like you know, and that like me and all my friends we were really into skating when we were younger and so I always I'm always with the skateboard like you know putting it like for reference I'm always like what's it look like when it's turned this way what's it look like when it's you know just skateboards are very weird to me god bless people from making skate videos (laughs) right right god bless you all I need those references and I'm so glad that there's so many out there for for sure and it's yeah but it's um Long story is it's tempted me to get back on it and go for it. But I'm like, <laughs> I don't need to break like my, my drawing. Hand. <laughs> I'm at the point now where like, I do not heal fast. Like I did when I was young, you know, I, I, and I can't do it. I can't like, I can't get hurt. I don't heal all fast. Like, you know, when you're young and yeah. you hurt yourself and you're like the next day you're like, I'm good. Now I just like sleep wrong and I'm in pain for three days. It's just, no. Yeah. I think, um, last time I tried to, uh, I, I put my foot on the board and I almost died. So I was like, Nope. <laughs> yeah, we're we're going to keep. Well, I guess I better start now. It's all downhill from here. Yeah. Get, get on, do it for 
do it for the rest of us. Like we'll live vicariously through your okay. exploits. Um, yeah. So I know that y'all will be launching shortly after this or shortly before this airs, but um, what, what are the, um, like, where are people going to be able to read Crash Coral and um, like, what are the long-term plans for, for the series? If there are any. Um, well, we're going to have a website. I hope it can be called crash coral comic.com or something to that effect. Um, I'm going to have to I put can't imagine together. that that's taken. I, yeah, but you never know because I don't know. I don't know about anything about the internet or whatever, <laughs> like how, like how getting a website works True. or whatever, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. And I'm, I'm going to put that together this weekend, hopefully. Uh, I'm also going to work on trying to get it on Tapas just because. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I have an account on there with some people who follow me. I can put it oh, up there. Oh, yeah, that'd, that'd be good, yeah. Um, and then if anyone wants to hit me up, I'll just give them a PDF, too. I don't care. Uh, I, I just yeah. want eyes on the thing, honestly, for this, for the immediate future, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Ideally, I have maybe uh, like a hundred pages written. I think. Yeah, there's a lot written. Yeah, um, like around like ten-ish or eleven chapters. I hope. Um, by the time we get to there, uh, we'll have enough of a following to maybe start a Patreon for it, mm-hmm. so that I um, people can contribute and. Help me pay Laney, because uh, I got other bills to worry about. <laughs> for sure, too. For sure. Um, I don't want to. I don't want to be bleeding you dry forever, buddy. Forever. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm fine. I think I could, I could go a while. Yeah. I think. I hope. Um, but yeah, but yeah. That's hopefully the plan. Eventually, you know. Um, once it would be cool to, like, to get it to print. Yeah, that's what I was going to say next. Like, I have an ending in mind for, like, what, like, the book length of this maybe would be. Mm-hmm. And hopefully, um, once we get to the end, we can uh, crowdfund a, a print copy or maybe, like, um, I don't even know how publishing works. Get, like, for a second to publish it or some someone somewhere cool. You know? Yeah, there seem to be. I don't know. Yeah, a I ton. mean, there are there are places that do that. Yeah, I know Iron Circus does that, and it's also it's if we go our own way, it is an advantage that it's uh, black and white grayscale, because that's cheaper printing. Yes, it is. Hell yeah! And, and that is why everything that I'm doing is is also black and white. And yeah, I don't know. People are always like, "It'd be better if it was in color." I'm like. Okay, well, I'll hit you up. Okay, when, you color it. <laughs> I'll hit you up when it's time to print it, and you can send that extra. Yeah, get your crayons. Yeah, yeah, you do it. Yeah, there you go. You'll need to buy extra, just extra copies of it, just in case you yeah. um, decide yeah. to go a different way with it. Um, <laughs> it's a coloring book, if you believe. Yeah. There you go. Um, it's an it's a it's a coloring book with buttocks in it, but uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, mine is. It's just that's all though. That's as racy as it gets. There's bugs because yeah. I, 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 there's bugs. I really thought it was funny. 
Um, you be the judge. Butts are fun. They, they, they certainly can be. Um, yeah, but um, yeah, as far as, um, you know, the uh, as far as the comic goes and everything, is there anything that we didn't um, chat about that we should chat about or? Um, we could talk about what it is. And like the story, maybe. Uh, yeah. Oh, hey. You should do you do? There I go. <laughs> Here at the end, let's. let's do a lot there of I go, being that um, person that that just assumes everyone knows because I read it. Like that's the worst. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So give us the uh, yes. give us you know the synopsis. So it's about this girl named Coral who's like you know, uh, typical Southern California punk chick at high school. She skates, listens to bands, uh, plays ice hockey, even though I don't think California has any high school ice hockey. But then she wakes up to find that she's inherited her dad's superpower, um, which is like gravity manipulation, like basically floating or flying. And then from there, she learns that her dad was like this, uh, you know, this uh, superhero vigilante type in the 90s. He's kind of like this um, Spider-Man analog. You know, he's like a Gen X Peter Parker type, um, but who's retired now. And the first, like, good chunk of this book is, like, very quiet slice of life stuff with her, like, being a kid, learning to control her powers, kind of learning about her father and her parents and a lot of the stuff they went through. Um, it's very much influenced by, like, like Spider-Man is my favorite character, I think, in comics, probably. And, uh, you know, I'll probably never write uh, an issue of Amazing Spider-Man, but, like, I think having this is kind of like... Uh, this is my corner where I get to play with that idea of like the um, specifically in Spider-Man, like the working class superhero type that I don't think people like. Um, I don't really see that that many people doing in terms of like independent superhero stuff. Yeah, but I'm, I might be just be missing stuff. Um, yeah, I. I when I got back into comics, I started collecting Spider Girl because they were like reliably cheap. They're like always a good dollar bin find, mm-hmm. and I like the character of Mayday. Um, she's kind of like an inverse of Peter, where like uh, you know the whole responsibility thing is kind of like his uh, main motivator, right? Everyone knows the line already. I don't have to mm-hmm. say it, but like. Like the responsibility and like him guilt tripping himself is kind of like the uh, core, and Mayday is more of like uh, Mayday Parker, his daughter, who gets the spider powers, is more of like um, she's kind of more uh, proactive and like maybe not bubbly is the word, but just a more positive spider person, mm-hmm. I guess in comparison, and. And I like using that like dynamic of like the father and daughter, uh, the parent and kid, um, superhero stuff. Um, it's also just a way for me to talk about like uh, experiences growing up in SoCal, 
being in a punk scene, getting out of high school and uh, trying to figure out what the fuck you're going to do with yourself. Um, I have a lot written so far, and I still have a lot more ideas to write after. I hope this can go for a while. I'm pretty excited about it. Yeah. Oh, I was just going to say sort of like the the stuff that made me want to work on this comic and has kept me excited about it is just like we talked about before sort of the the authenticity of these characters like none of none of them feel cardboard and none of them feel perfect like every and that has made the comic really easy for me to draw because you came into it with such a good uh understanding of like each of the characters that Drawing them, like doing the the character acting stuff, it's never difficult for me. Uh, you know, sometimes I have to learn how to draw new environments or whatever, but that part is never hard. Um, and I think that that's something that I really appreciate, and I think that that comics can do uniquely well because you can come back and spend a lot of time looking at uh, one character or analyzing that. And so, I don't know. I think just coming into it and seeing. The, the amount of love that you clearly had for the story and for the characters, most of all, um, made me want to work on it and be a part of it. And I also think that that's what's going to make people really like it when they read it, because it does it has a different energy to it than I think a lot of Cape Comics do, where most of the discussion is about the powers or about, you know, whatever, like, villain type they're fighting and these, these like, huge questions. But to me, this feels a lot more like what would actually happen, which is that, you know, the idea of a superhero would come in and out of the cultural business, but all the while, if you ended up with this talent, that doesn't automatically mean that you have a life path. Uh, and I think that that's something that a lot of people will be able to relate to, you know, it, like for former gifted kids, uh, just just anybody who had like one thing that they're they're super into or good at. Um, and then realizes, oh, do I actually want to make this my whole life? Do I want this to define me? I think that's sort of a universal question. Um, and it's handled in a really sensitive and nuanced way in Crash Coral. And it's also just a lot of fun. <laughs> like, it's it's a lot of fun to see kids trying to set up a show uh, in, an, in an, is it in a HVAC store? Uh, <laughs> just stuff like that feels really real and specific. Yeah, for sure. So before we close, like, um, where can people get in touch with you uh, and um, and follow you online and stuff like that? Um, uh, go, you go first. Okay. Uh, I'm on Instagram as um, Split Seven Inch, I think. Just that, yeah. And then on Twitter at, at uh, Split 7-Inch Comics with an X. And uh, I'll probably be posting about the comic on both of those. So whichever whichever mind-numbing social media <laughs> app you use, um, I'm on True. it. And then my uh, – I, I have, like, made accounts and then forgotten. My names are slightly different. So on Twitter, it's at RoslingArt. R-O-S-E-L-I-N-G-A-R-T. Uh, and then on Instagram, it's r.osling. So spelled the same way, but with a period after the 
are. Uh, but yeah, those are the two main places that you can find me and look at my drawings and decide if they're any good. <laughs> uh, well, spoiler, they are very they good. Are good. They are good. Yeah. <laughs> Thank um. you. <laughs> And that was my conversation with Randall Avales and Lainey Williams. Thank you both so much for taking the time to chat with me. Go to CrashCoral.com now and check out what's been posted so far. I think you'll have a really great time. Until next time, take care and do good things. <laughs>